No, no, no. I, follow me. Please, I, you, you had to, you were to say something? No, I was, I was just going to introduce the podcast. Uh, I was just going to start the podcast now. If oh, oh, we do that now? Cool. By all means. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, golden gods and goddesses. Welcome to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. This is uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast hosted by four golden gods here we got here today. Uh, I'm surrounded by two hosts, and we got a third host on the phone with us. We got Adam here. Hey, y'all. We got Donnie. What's up? And we got the dish of the day on the phone with us. Rococo Bang. <laughs> oh, man. Rococo Bang. Oh, that's real bad. Uh, yeah, the three of them here. My name's Brayden. Sorry, can I real quick ask? If I were to be at a restaurant and I ordered the Rococo Bang, what are they going to bring me? It sounds like a drink. They're going to bring you um, a creepy sex offender who's just going to start dancing with your date. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's what I would expect. Okay. As opposed to a non-creepy sex offender... Do not Google the Rococo Bang. I repeat, do not Google the Rococo Bang. I did. I couldn't find anything. I'm just getting stuff for Sunny. I'm just getting stuff from the Sunny subreddit. Uh, But yeah, like I said, uh, the four of us here talking about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as we always do. And today, we are reviewing the last episode of season three, you guys. We have gone through three seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you're new here... Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the podcast. If you're joining us again, thank you for coming back. We are so happy to have you guys all here with us. What we have been doing for these past 40-something episodes now is we have been going through every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in order, ranking them against each other. We're putting them on the list of lists. And by the end of this podcast, we are going to find out, uh, at least between the four of us, uh, what the best episode of Sunny is, and turning out to be a bit more interesting, what's the worst episode of Sunny? So uh, we got the wildcard crew joining us. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If, if we reviewed an episode that you love and we didn't give it enough love, let us know. If we uh, loved an episode that you hate so far, uh, let us know. At Always Sunny Pod on Twitter and Instagram and alwayssunnypod at gmail.com is how you can reach us. We love getting your guys' DMs. It's a good time. Uh, we get some hate mail sometimes for, for our opinions. And that's just like the the best part of doing this is finding out what random episodes people just are willing to uh, say is their favorite just so we don't trash it. Uh, namely, <clears throat> Gun Fever. Uh, but yeah, at Always Sunny Pod on Instagram and Twitter is uh, where you can find the lists of lists, which I've mentioned, um, and uh, solo.to slash rum ham that's that's where you can find uh, the list of lists as well uh, as well as the links to listen to us but if you're listening to us uh there's there's probably no problem finding that so uh hit subscribe wherever you're listening also at solo.to slash rum ham is the rum ham and wild cards merch store where we are uh selling reason will prevail shirts right now getting more stuff on there eventually i'm not i'm not i'm focusing on the next version of the merch store if i'm being honest with you guys but uh if you want to support the podcast uh go to uh, solo.to slash rumham click on the merch store link enter code golden pod at checkout for 15 percent off and all proceeds for all merch that we sell are going to go to the saint baldrick's foundation 
Wildcard Crew, listener of the episode. This episode, I don't know if this person is Russian or they just have Russian in their bio. I like to think that we have some Russian listeners, but uh, shout out to Tamara on uh, Instagram. Appreciate you. Got some interesting photos. Uh, Can I shout out ourselves for just passing 600 followers? That was dope. I saw that. Yeah, we passed 600 followers on Instagram. Yeah. uh, So thank you to everyone following us on Instagram. Uh, Very happy to have you. All right, let's get into this. The way this podcast works, the first half of the podcast, we are going to be talking about season three, episode 15. The gang dances their asses off. Uh, We're going to be talking about that a bit more generally, uh, some themes of the episode and whatnot, who wrote this episode. Um, And then after that, we are going to go more in depth with our arguments and put our uh, arguments on a scale of one to 10, our emotions, if you will, on a scale of one to 10. And we're going to argue about it and see where this ends up on the list of lists. So uh, let's let's get into it here. The gang dance their asses off. Uh, starts out with uh, Charlie uh, accidentally putting the gang up. Uh, sorry, Charlie puts the bar up for a prize for a dance marathon, not just a dance contest, an entire dance marathon. Hey everybody, DJ Squirrely D and Fat Michael here from Q102. The Q Crew. Coming to you live from Patty's Pine. Kicking off our old time dance marathon where the owners have put up their bar as the first prize. Hey, hey, how about a quick recap of the rules for our listeners who just tuned in? Fat Michael Squirrely D, all dancers must remain on their feet and dancing at all times. If you drop to the floor, you are out. People, this could take hours. It could take it could take weeks, so stay tuned because that one's going to win a box. But only around here on Q102. Thank you, crew. Everyone that, almost everyone that the gang has wronged so far comes to this dance marathon to try and win the bar. What's up, assholes? Ooh, the hell are you doing here? Oh, I'm here to win your bar. Ooh, awesome, because this whole thing was a mistake, so maybe you can help us win the bar back. Really? Why? Why would I ever help you do anything? All you've ever done, stop. All you've ever done is screw me over, and now I'm here to win back your bar. We're good, though, right? Go to hell. Hello, jerks. Oh, surprised to see me back? Rickety cricket. Suppose you're here to win the bar because we ruined your life. Good guess. And I'm going to win this bar with the help of my shiny new legs. The latest leg brace technology courtesy of the great state of Pennsylvania. Hey, maybe we should partner up, ruin their lives together. Maybe we should. Jealous? No. Let's go, cricket. It's Matthew. And it is up to the gang to make sure one of them uh, wins Patty's back so they don't lose the bar. And more importantly... Find out who's top of the list. You know, you want to know who's who's not number five out of everyone. Everyone's trying to get on top of Frank's list. Uh, we got Rob, Glenn. You don't uh, just put people on lists. I, I never got that. We put this one on the list. Rob, Glenn, uh, David Hornsby, Charlie, writing this episode, directed by Matt Shankman, who uh, also I didn't realize did Wandavision. Uh, shout out to the Wildcard Crew uh, member that reached out to us and let us know that uh, he was uh, also um, directing WandaVision. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, this episode uh, pre- uh, this episode premiered November fifteenth, two thousand and seven. So a while ago. Let's get into it. The gang dances their asses off. Uh, interesting episode. Uh, starts out in the, the middle of the day, 1.15 p.m., I believe. Um, and Charlie comes in talking about this, this dance contest. And, um, of course, in the pride section, uh, where you talk about things you're proud about, he put Patty's Pub. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
It's not a pride section. It's a prize section, which is one of the few and far between uh, one-liners that I found enjoyable in this episode. But we'll get to that later. But um, what do you guys it's think an about honest it? Mistake. What would you What do you think about the the setup for this episode? The cold open, classic. Yeah. I I thought it was boring at first, and I was like, oh god, this is a boring <clears throat> thing. And then Mac even says boring, but I like I the, the cold open. The way they set it up was is hilarious. The cold open escalated perfectly they all start yelling at each other and get into arguments that make no sense charlie's illiterate um yeah i think it's a pretty good setup for a pretty blah type of story you know it's funny that you mentioned there's that oh no go for it there's there's by all means there's that great line from dennis uh, i don't want to do business or something like that made me think of donnie donnie's always talking about how they're not making any money running this bar (laughs) the bar (laughs) The bar isn't really doing much for them. Frank's like employee evaluations. That is like I don't want something good for business. Yeah, well, yeah the the employee evaluations aren't even for for a raise or anything. That's that's the part that got kicked out of me. Frank is just trying to rank everyone in a list, and he knows that just having a hierarchical list will screw with them enough uh, to where they'll it'll I guess incentivize them to do better or tear yeah. each other down. But um. I, as far as setting it up, uh, I like how you mentioned that Mac does say, oh, this seems boring, but they make you care about it. Both they make the gang care about it and then they make us, the viewer, care about it. So like, yeah, sure, this dance marathon is probably boring and who gives a shit. But if the gang is suddenly going to lose patties, eh, you got some stakes in there. Mm. Um, but winning patties... I don't know how anything could be boring with DJQ. <laughs> Yeah, the Q crew. Uh, Q102, shout Q out. Crew. The Sklar brothers, shout out to them. <laughs> um, I don't see how winning patties is a prize. That sounds like a nightmare. Well, the <laughs> running patties pub. Well, the, the people who don't know what it is. And I'm sure, I'm sure people look at that and like, wow, I can get this bar for free and you know, do something good with it. They don't know how bad the bar is. They don't know how crazy the people that used to own it was Mm -hmm. you know to them it's just another bar that's up for basically free Mm -hmm. it is free yeah i was about to say the only people competing were the gang the like one couple that was just like i don't want to say clueless but kind of just like super friendly like kind of what you said where they're kind of like oh cool we get a chance to have a bar like this is our chance to run a bar and have a business start over which is very poignant for 2007 very poignant that they say they lost everything considering around that time uh recessions going on right so i thought that w- that was interesting it, i guess in that sense it could be a prize i mean yeah if you were going out of business and like you were like yeah we have to get rid of this and <laughs> everything must anything. go yeah. <laughs> and by that i mean everything goes at once um it reminded me i don't know if you guys know where the term white elephant came from like you know the white elephant exchanges you'll do around the holidays or dirty santa or whatever you call it but that came from an old story where in Thailand, uh, if uh, an, a royalty didn't like someone, they would gift them an elephant because it is so inconvenient yeah. and annoying. Like yeah. elephants got to eat, elephants got to poop, ele- you got to take care of this thing. It's bigger than your house. Yeah, it stinks. It stinks. <laughs> so pet winning patties in, in my head seems like this story's version of like a white elephant like yeah you won but like what'd you win other than a bunch of carbon monoxide in the basement mm. and mold everywhere by the way i think it's secret santa not dirty santa 
depends on who you're playing with. Two things. One, uh, when you said, where does white elephant come from? My jerk reaction was the Chinese. So I guess Thailand's <laughs> not that far off. Number two, um, I've always had the idea of giving someone you don't like a pet, like a turtle or something. Something that requires like an aquarium. Like not just like a fish that they can put in a fucking glass and put some, you know, plastic on top of it and be like, oh, here's my fishbowl. But like a turtle or a lizard or something that requires like them to buy a terrarium. But nowadays you could just get rid of whatever's gifted to you. In in, in this ancient story, you if you're gift yeah, if you get rid of the elephant, that's disrespectful to the royalty that has gifted it on you, and I'm pretty sure like they kill you or something like that. So like Hold on, if I give you a turtle, you're going to kill it? I'll, I mean, I might get rid of it. No, I'm just kidding. I could use a turtle. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go out and buy a turtle now after this. I personally like turtles. I would like if you got me a gift. You <laughs> said it exactly yeah. as the video. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that 2008 uh, YouTube just hits different. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> basically this leads into the Q102 dance marathon. Shout out to the Q102 crew. The Sklar Brothers. Q crew. Yeah, Sklar Brothers. What else can we see them in, Adam? They were in Wild Hogs, if you've seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. That's a motorcycle movie, right? Uh, they're, we're, they're in the comeback. <laughs> no, they're all old. It's like they're comedians. It Tim Allen, John Travolta. Is that the like the comedy? Martin like, Lawrence. The, the biker gang thing, or is that something completely yeah, different? They're, yeah. yeah, they're okay. old guys, Not biker no. gang. And then Ray Liotta. I watched that movie when I was a bit when I was a bit yeah. younger, and then like coming back, I was like, "Holy fuck, William H Macy!" <laughs> yes, there's Wait. a there's it's a really solid yeah like cast. I don't know, like I hope it's not one of those things where because I haven't watched it since I was young. Oh god, five point eight percent, five point eight on Rotten Tomatoes, like two thousand seven. Yeah, two. because I haven't watched it since I was like eleven or twelve. Like maybe it's one of those things I go back and watch it as a twenty four year old, and I'm like, oh god, why did I ever think this was anything better than? Half decent, but yeah, solid cast on Wild Hogs. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got Ray Liotta, John Travolta, William H Macy, Marissa Tomei makes yes. appearances. I, I love Look Marissa Tomei. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, this is great. You got John, Steven Tobolowsky, who's in everything. He's got that that face that you don't you don't remember. And then, um, who am I thinking of? John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Yes, he, he went yes. to my high school. I gotta remember that. Anyways, thanks thanks for the the the, yeah. the, <laughs> the Wild Hawks podcast, everyone. Um, yeah, so uh, the Q one two crew comes in, and the biggest confusion I have with the Q one two crew is that they have turntables in front of them, spinning real vinyl, but they're talking as if they're live on the air, and this is where uh, the nuances of live radio events go over my head. Uh, are they supposed to be DJing the the marathon in that moment? Are they supposed to be playing tunes for the radio station and talking? Yeah. There's a lot of questions I had for this episode. A lot of plot holes, I can think. Can I start asking? Can I answer uh, that yeah. first before you get into the more plot holes? No. Yeah, well, yeah I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, it sounds like... <laughs> it sounds like that, yes, they were doing all of what you just said. Is They were still on the radio and just playing music for the radio, but every time they would like talk or go to a commercial break or whatever it would be them talking about the dance competition mm -hmm. and then it would just go back to them playing music for the radio station and that's what they were all dancing to 
So, like, I think they were still doing both. And, like, how, like, when you're playing music for the radio station, you can talk to the people that you're in the room with while the people over the radio are listening to the music you're playing. Yeah, two different mics, one live, one yeah. for the air. So I would assume that's what they're doing. I don't know that for sure. That's the only thing that would make sense to me. But did you guys catch that the music playing in this episode, the further into the episode it goes, the less appropriate the music they're playing is? Really not. It becomes more and more... Uh, orchestral music. Yeah, like it goes, jazz. It starts end. out with yeah. like electronic, yeah. a little upbeat thing. Regular song. And by the end, they're dancing the same way to jazz. And if you watch the background performers this episode, you get a whole different type of joke. But uh, I, I got a kick out of that, that the music was getting more and more inappropriate as the, the episode went on. Um, what was your guys' favorite dance battle? Uh, <laughs> Mac versus Dennis. Yeah. Uh, fu- funniest, yes, but I think best was Charlie's for sure. I got a kick out of Mac versus Cricket, even though it it, it didn't actually I go down. Was yeah, put my put my hat behind Mac versus Cricket. I remember watching that for the first time, and I was like, "Oh, dance up! Oh, fucking, they fucked up Cricket again." <laughs> <laughs> Classic comedy. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's it's different types of humor because like Charlie goes and does. His big intricate dance, and then we have a hard cut to Dennis wearing the the keg with Mac, or like uh, this big build up, like like the dish of the day was just saying, and then and then cricket immediately blunders it. It's it's different types of punchlines, well, but um, yeah, I think Mac's each, each elbows does. though, bro. Yeah, Mac. Oh my god, so his, funny. His elbow pumping. Mac v Dennis was the funniest. I think Mac v Dennis was the funniest because he put so much effort into it and he just fails at the end. It just reminds me of like how a seven-year-old would dance at like a wedding, you know, yeah, like you, sure. you, you get like one of those family events, like just the kid tearing it up on the dance floor and he thinks he's in step up three, but he, he looks like Mac, yeah. like just throwing punches, like flailing around. I thought the best dance off was the uh, uncategorized one. It didn't make the... Uh, Q Cruise cut for dance offs with Mac versus the waitress. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that was a that dance, wasn't a off, dance off. That scene was funny. I yes. don't know. It seemed like no, a dance off. That wasn't a that was a dance said, together. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's so funny. Well, th- there wasn't a challenge. I th- um, Mac was just like showing yeah. off or something. I don't but know. here, here's here, here's a question I had from this episode. If you can just pause the game by challenging someone else to a dance off and get a break for your whoever you're there with. Like, why not? Like, what the gang should have taken advantage of that. Well, they kind of did, but like, if I was there, I would be like, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to challenge a dance off every other hour or something just to like get this break and everyone rest. I think while, that's, you know I what I mean? That's another joke, though, is like, yeah, most of the dance offs was the gang, yeah, and most of them ended up being the gang against the gang. So instead yeah. of helping each other out, yes. it was, oh, we're just gonna keep screwing oh, yeah. each other. Oh, yeah, that so, was, yeah, I mean, yeah, they should have done what you said, but. It devolved into that. It's very yeah. sunny of them. Like, yeah. if the homeless oh, yeah. guy at the last second would have just dropped, one of the members of the gang would have won, but because they didn't make sure that he dropped. Yeah. And they, same thing with Frank. Like, they screwed Frank in the beginning. What if the, all the gang fucked up and then the waitress run? The waitress won because they but got that's Frank just how out it, early. That's just how it works. That's yeah, how they sure. need to work. Like, they, yeah. they're... Yeah. Oh, yeah. These characters are always trying to get over on each other. It would make too much yes. sense if, you I know, know, they were taking up. advantage of yeah. the break. Break. Like, I don't know if you guys can see. I was trying to figure out who was getting over who this episode. You wrote a chart. I tr- I try sometimes because sometimes I'm like, all right, who's trying to get over on for you? this podcast? Is that what you're one saying? of us has to fucking try. Oh, okay. One of us has to put oh, forth wow. a little bit of effort. By all means, go oh, ahead. No. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> go for it. 
but the point is, is, is this is one of those episodes where they're all just kind of taking turns trying to dogpile on each other so yeah. no one wins. I love it. I they love don't it even. Sure. They don't even even have the ability for self preservation to like survive this. You know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they still just destroy each other. Yeah. That, no, that's like one hundred percent like the best like un like written joke. I guess just like the underlying joke is that like they could have easily won this and if they all, all had teamed up and just won it together. Yeah. But it was that much more complicated that. So what we're saying is they're unstable. They're an unstable group of people. <laughs> and really? the best part, the best <laughs> part about that is, is like once Frank got out, the four of them still could have teamed up to really screw Frank if they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they even couldn't do that. And then they ended up still being under Frank. And in it's, the end. it's the plot point of Frank having a list. Yeah. And, and ranking them in an order. That's, that's where it goes. Because if he didn't have that going, they wouldn't have really any reason to to try and get over on each other but yeah. this this magic list that frank has uh gives them incentive to treat each other like shit um so yeah they're they're dancing and we get the waitress and cricket back in this episode um kind of a la seinfeld where the people they have wronged in the past come back to try and get their vengeance uh the waitress and cricket i guess try to team up they don't really end up doing anything together this episode uh but they just kind of say it to piss the gang off but yeah yeah um but they come back and i really i really love cricket this episode i don't think i'll ever not say that about cricket but uh well they did team up but then cricket failed miserably and he was out of the game yeah i guess he took himself out but um this episode kind of gave me it, it it feels like if they didn't know, they didn't know whether or not like season four would be coming back. I, so like, if if the series had to end after this episode, it it could have. Patty's just ends up in the hands of a homeless person. I was saying that exact same, or similar to thing to Donnie. I was saying like they kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Like they don't have the bar at the end of this episode. Kind of like what if this homeless person just decided to run away with it. Well, I was listening to commentary, and and they mention in the commentary that season four is coming. So I'm not sure, like, at what point in doing the series they get renewed. Usually, it's before the current season that's airing wraps. We get an announcement that it's being renewed. But I could see how this episode. I don't know. It it feels like it could be a series mean. finale. I know what you mean, but I, but um, are we at the point now where they're these episodes come out exactly in the order that like they thought it would like unlike season one where like they have an episode think they, it's going to be one and then like they got a lot more control yeah okay so like, at this least. point like they knew this was the season finale going into it like 100 percent, whatever okay mm-hmm. like, i could kind of see that like and i did agree with what you're saying like the bar technically was the homeless person so like it could technically be the end if it had to be that'd be a great ending but, like, like what if they just lost the bar to a homeless guy that'd be so yeah. perfect for them that would be. They don't do the shooting. They don't do project, production before and have a bunch of episodes and then release them as ordered. Because I think that the gang gets whacked. Part one and two would have been a better for a yeah. finale. I was gonna say like if the studio they had do cricket with his legs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, having it in order, yeah, cricket with his legs. But uh, as we were talking about in seasons one and two, uh, Rob and, and Glenn and them, they made the episodes and then FX had the say in what order they were released in seasons one and two. So that's what we're trying to figure out here is in season uh, three, did it. they finally have that control to say, okay, we want this episode to be the last. We want the two-parter to lead up to it. 
Yeah, which that makes sense is obviously like that had to at least be the order because Cricket already had his legs and like that was the plan and all that. So I would I would say yeah, by now they do. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think that they were ever thinking that it could be the end. I think it's an interesting like way to look at it because it technically could have been the end if it had to be. Mm-hmm. But I don't think when they were filming the episode that they were necessarily thinking this might be the end. Like you were saying, I think they were already planning for a season four. So I think it was just one of those interesting twists where like they wanted us for a split second to be like, oh, Frank's not going to be in charge anymore. How is this going to end? But now Frank's still in charge, obviously. Well, is he? Because it's still in that cliffhanger. I mean, he's got the guy on the inside. His homeless, the homeless guy won, so that's who. That's Frank's guy. So I'm assuming whatever Frank worked out with this guy, the deal, whatever. The homeless guy saying like, "Yeah, I don't want your fucking bar. Give me whatever you said you're gonna give me, and yeah, I'll win the bar for you." <laughs> Which what if he he's probably not, gave him some free energy balls? What if he's not homeless? He's <laughs> yeah. one of those. He's one of those like billionaire like Silicon Valley types. He just dresses like a bum. But it's I really, mean, he did uh, call Cricket a street rat. Uh, guys, so I don't know. <laughs> we need to call him by his real name. His real name is Homeless Larry. He's oh, credited Larry. as Homeless Larry. Uh, Michael Aturi is the name of the actor. So Homeless Larry, yeah, gets one of the better lines in this episode in telling Cricket. That he's yeah. a street rat from another street rat. Yeah, oh, that was that was classic. So it's crushing. So good stuff. He was a man of the cloth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, parts of this episode is the relationship between the waitress and D, because it's very hit or miss for me every time the waitress and the D interact, and it is a very strong hit this episode. Uh, most notably in the scene where um, D is trying to manipulate the waitress into dancing with Homeless Larry, or at least I think it's Homeless Larry, one of the, one of the homeless guys that's on the floor. Um, and uh, the waitress catches on to what she's doing. She's like, that doesn't make sense to me. And she says, well, you're just tired. And she says, I'm tired, but it still doesn't make sense. Yeah. She says, well, my brother will like it. And she goes, eh, okay. She gives she gives D multiple chances to manipulate her, basically. Like, any clear-minded person would have just been like, no, fuck off, I see what you're doing. But uh, because the waitress is so connected to D in this way through through Dennis, she allows D to try and manipulate her again and again and again, just flat which, out. Which is kind of interesting and also fucked up because D's not necessarily wrong. Like, if Dennis had any interest in the waitress, that would have worked. Yeah. Like, if Dennis liked the waitress and saw that she was dancing with this homeless dude instead of him, mm-hmm. he would immediately go after her. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a it's weird way, like, yeah, okay, she's, yeah. Not, she, she, she's not incorrect, yeah, but she's morally wrong. I'm not saying she's <laughs> not wrong, but, like, that's why I think she's, Dee's also very good at being manipulative. Yeah. She's not, like, just completely lying and making things yeah. up. Obviously, Dennis doesn't like her, so this isn't going to work, but that's what essentially would work for a creep like Dennis so that's why in the end, like, it almost made sense to the waitress. She's like, oh, well, fuck, I guess that kind of does make sense then. I don't know. The only characters that were morally right here is the Avenue Q crew. Yeah. <laughs> Avenue Q, Q102 crew. Avenue Q is a Broadway Q- musical. <laughs> yeah. Q102. Isn't, what, oh, fuck, whatever. The internet is for Yeah, there porn. you go, there you go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we don't got time to go into that one. We'll save that for our Broadway musical podcast. Um, oh, that's my favorite. What'd you guys think of the white hot cream bit? That was funny, it's funny. but like st- stupid. I'm yeah, like, I, the white hot cream. I hate that I laughed boy. at it. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's just I so stupid, it. but like it's, it's funny. It makes me. It makes me chuckle. I was gonna say because I now I I don't want to like talk about another episode, but like there's another more I guess infamous or famous like 
like bit similar to that that they do later in the show that after seeing that and seeing this again it's not as funny the second time around which one are you referring to nafta uh when when nafta not as funny second time around but i nafta but but it's hard because like um when fucking charlie and macker are arguing about the cream pies later in the season it's kind of it's it's in the same vein um, similar joke style. So Look, it's here's hard. where this show differs from other shows. Yeah. Any other show will beat it into the ground. Just say it to say it. Sonny gives it context. So yeah. like to go for the cream pies bit that we have for some reason now brought up like twice in the past five episodes. Love us a good old cream pie here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like in that conversation, you you see them talking in the way that the characters would talk like 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 Mac saying, I've never tried mine. I have tried mine. Like that kind of thing. Uh, that's very Mac for him yeah. to say that. Whereas a lesser show would have just been like, what do you mean? Your cream pies. Yeah. Whoa. There and is like kind play of a laugh track. There is kind of a, a through line between uh, these like bits. Just like the Dick Van Dyke show. In what way? Where they go, ah, oh, cream pie. Is, is that a thing in the Dick Van Dyke show? I can't say I've watched much. I don't know. I, I don't watch uh, television unless it's in full color. <laughs> TV only in Technicolor. So yeah, normally I hate these kinds of lines where they just like beat it relentlessly. But um, when when Charlie Day brings it back and he says, "You're about to see the white hot cream of an eighth grade boy," that's funny. Oh, that's right. that is that that's funny, a Charlie man. line. Yeah. That's not like them like bringing up like, "Haha, remember two minutes ago?" That is a solid. I like to think improvised line from from charlie on that um i don't know yeah like i said shamelessly laughed at it and then and then the song they put up right after that adds it to it more even more take my breath oh. away brought to you by uh who's that by? top gun i know it's not sung by the movie brought top gun <laughs> but uh, i know berlin. it's from top gun it's berlin <laughs> it's not sung by tom cruise in the scientology <laughs> church <laughs> <laughs> They're all in blue robes behind that him. Wild, not pulling out on Scientology or nothing because they'll sue us into the ground. But could you imagine if their hymns are just songs from movies? That yeah. <laughs> I got your back, goose. It's the Mission Impossible theme song. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> or 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 it's the the transcript from when Tom Cruise was on uh, Oprah jumping on the couch. I love her. I love her. I love her. Church of Scientology. Oh, Donnie Donnie went to their front door. Yeah. <laughs> Day, to... You can't see it, but we're currently looking at a video of Donnie pulling up to the front door of the cer- the Church of Scientology. It, it, this looks like the va- last Christ. video you will ever have filmed. Yeah, it was like <laughs> last week. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we haven't heard They're from Donnie in two weeks. You, that's like, that's some found you. footage I would use if like you went missing. It's like, this is the last known video <laughs> you took. I was actually about to ask if that was from Cloverfield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we got more talk of season three, episode 15, the season three finale. And we're going to find out where this episode goes on the lists of lists, as well as what the fans think. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses, Brayden, Donnie, Adam, 
and the dish of the day, the Rococo Bang, on the phone with us. And we are talking about the season three finale, season three, episode 15. The gang dances their asses off. And just as a reminder, wherever you're listening to this right now, hit subscribe so you get notified when new episodes come out, including season four coming up very soon. Very excited. And our season three finale, where we're going to go through the list of lists, maybe edit some scores. Uh, correct our wrongdoings, uh, atone for our sins to the Church of Scientology, if you will. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and follow us at Always Sunny Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Solo.to slash rumham is where you can find all the links to listen. Let's talk about part two of this episode. The way this works is that we are going to go through five categories that we have, and we are going to put our arguments for each category on a scale of one to 10. Uh, you got the story of this episode that we're going to talk about, the characters, the quotes, the overall humor, and the wild card spot. Each of us here can give up to 10 points for a total of 200 points, blah, 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 blah. Math sucks. Uh, we'll take care of it on our end. You just sit back, relax, and listen to this second part of this episode reviewing Season 3, Episode 15. The gang dances their asses off. Let's start out, as we always do, with the story of this episode. What did you guys think of the story? I thought it was good, but nothing insane. I mean, there was very there was probably one storyline. You can break it off into a few little like subplots, but I would say it was just one storyline. Uh, kind of a surprise ending. But once I heard Frank had a horse in the race still, I was kind of like, all right, he's probably going to win it in the end. So it wasn't a huge surprise. The surprise so, ending wasn't with Frank. The surprise ending was with Cricket. Yeah, that's true. But once again, to me, that was kind of like, I don't know. What is the surprise? That his life is still just ruined and he sucks? <laughs> the, no, that he was there. He was the ringer to knock out whoever. And then he fucked up and shattered these kneecaps. <laughs> D ends up normally they ruin Cricket's life a little bit more before each episode ends with him. But in this case, D's the one that ends up in worse shape because of Cricket. They don't what do they do to him this episode? That that reminded me of another question I had about the plot. It's like, what is the point of the ref if you can just push people over and yeah. smack people with sticks? Yeah, and tackle he, people like, and yeah. like he like he fell down a, a D fell down and then he was like whistle out. It's like yeah, no shit, he's out. But like you're not gonna do anything about the fact that this person who wasn't but like call a medic. Like you're I the mean, ref. The insurance clause. Okay, like, they're ultra libertarian. <laughs> Their job is just to make sure that people are out when they fall down. They don't care about anything else. Okay, they're gonna stay in their oh, lane. None of the bureaucracy. None of the okay. All right, that's exactly correct. Serve one purpose: call people out when they hit the floor. <laughs> That's actually uh, his only job yeah. that he, he does. He, he goes from different applications of yeah. calling people out when they fall on the ground. Like, they, uh, what's another one? Skateboarding. Skateboarding. Yeah. Every time, like, uh, get out of the skate park. But, I, but uh, I don't know if you get here. kicked out. Yeah, I don't think you get no, kicked out of skate parks. I got one. kicked out of skate that's parks the as a kid. Um, Anyways, but that's just I, I thought that this episode, the storyline, just a fat kid. <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was pretty oh. average. <laughs> I don't think it's because you fell. Oh. No, it was just because I was an annoying fat kid. Uh, like someone at the skate park being like, "Ah, oh, you're too fat to skate, kid. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> you must no falling at the skate park. You're out of here. But everyone falls at the skate park. You fell and you're fat. No, you gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't you read the rules? You skate park at your own risk. No fatties. <laughs> uh, there's this episode is simple with the one storyline. Um, I I dislike it when I get lost on who's trying to double cross who in these episodes. But in this case, it there it was just such chaos in the story that I I loved it. I kind of relished in it. Like I was. I mustered it in. I it. loved it too. That shit was like Ocean's twelve through thirteen or eleven through thirteen, whichever <laughs> number they started at. Twelve through thirteen. I love wait, it. Wait, they're fucking Ocean's eleven point five. There's no Ocean's um, ten, nine, eight, seven. No. no, I think they start at ten. I think they do ten, eleven. They no, start and then the 11. first one is just Ocean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, ocean. well, Ocean's Eleven begins by them getting the gang back together, plus an additional extra person. So, and George Clooney had, or he he gets out of jail in the beginning of that one. So you have to assume that there were like ten other heists before this one. F- what? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, probably aren't they I all like <laughs> career heisters? Yeah, yeah, don't you don't don't yeah, I love that, I, I love that one. It. Okay, guys, back, to, back, back to the episode. What did you give the story? I, Scale I, 1 to 10. I gave it a 5. I thought it was pretty average. What? Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. You know, like I said, it's just like the, the story really takes the backseat for me compared to the rest of the the episode. Like, I agree with that, and yeah. I gave it a 6. Dish of the day? I gave it an 8. I liked all the twists and turns. Yeah, I went with 8.5. I, I, I liked that it, it was intermingled. Like I said, I don't like when I get lost on the double crossing, but there's just so much chaos that it worked for me this episode. I Bringing think, in Homeless Larry is a whole thing. Um, I thought that there were a lot of plot holes and stuff that I was like, well, uh, well, because like, like clearly they were just like, let's just have this dance contest as the backdrop for everything in this episode, but they didn't really think about it too much because there was a lot of stuff in the day. Like, you can take a break whenever you want. Like, I was confused, Mac. Well, they like, have to take a break eventually. But it, isn't the point of it endurance and stuff? Because it's like Mac lost a 15-minute dan- break for 36 hours of dancing. They're trying to win their bar. This is a serious competition, Braden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was just, like, confused. Like, I like a lot of the rules of the game wasn't wasn't really established to me and I'm like I'm gonna I don't love the story I don't love this things that confuse me in this episode but it was funny Adam yes Adam sir hated playing Adam hated playing games as a kid unless there were established rules <laughs> let's play let's play cops and robbers he's like okay what are the proper policing <laughs> <laughs> the am, am I a I sergeant a yeah am I a lieutenant here because yeah, am I just a beat cop yeah do I yeah uh, I'm Agent Jack I think, Bauer. I think the story <laughs> definitely got hit hard from Nafsta. Um, I mean, the twists and turns, like, I just don't think they were, like, that crazy. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that I would call them twists and turns. I think there's, like, random, like, surprises, I guess. But, like, but I, don't just, a, I don't know. There's a lot of gags in the story in this episode, though. Like, the kegs being around their necks. Like, that, that's technically part of the story, moving the story forward. I mean, to me, that was not. But I was confused I about that because part of it. it was random. It that's was kinda, one example. But, of, but for sure, but like to me, that specific one was kind of just like. Uh. I was confused because Mac put on the keg and then he walked outside to the alleyway, and then homeless Larry's there in the alleyway the, and not dancing. Yeah, so There's I, another plot hole there. So I'm like, was all the, right, fuck it, seven and a half. Like I'm just like I don't know. That was the one plot hole that confused me, and I just had to assume that that was during a break, because otherwise you can't have the 
contestants outside while the competition is going on? Like, how do you know they're not sitting? How do you know whatever? Was it this show or was it another show where they did some similar dance off like this and they had established breaks? Every other show. Yeah, I'm not sure which one you're thinking yeah, of, but this show. does feel like a that '70s show may have done it. Yeah, this I feels feel like a the disco stuff. Yeah, typical, uh, a typical plot or. It's a sunny take on a typical plot, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a sunny take. Like, normally the characters would, like, work together to achieve the goal, and there would be someone on the dance floor that came in from the outside that is, you know, better than all of them. But in this case, as always, the gang's worst enemy is the gang. Sure. Yeah. Um, still, seven and a half. I'll, go, I'll, I'll move it down. A lot of plot holes, like you said, but I did enjoy the storyline. Uh, when, when Charlie... Charlie putting... Patty's in the pride section. Yeah. Prize section. That that got like a good chuckle out of me and is technically part of the story. It moves sure. the story forward. Yeah. I'll I can move up to a six based off the things you said. Um the fact <laughs> that I hear a plot hole I came up with an instantly resolved where did Chris <laughs> get the money for the fancy uh fucking exoskeleton? Paid for by the great state of Philadelphia. No, the drugs. What? It's, no, he says it's selling he, the drugs. But he literally says, paid for by the great state of Philadelphia. Okay, are you familiar with the American health insurance system? <laughs> <laughs> that's for our other podcast. Oh, God, that sounds miserable. Now well, I'll say to five. It's just us reading receipts from health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> we like go to billing and we ask them for their expired receipts they don't need anymore and we just read them for it's two just- hours. It's just us crying. Like, I didn't know numbers could get this big. <laughs> so it sounds like for the story, we're all around like seven-ish. Yeah. Like six and a half-ish is what it sounds like. I'm ending with a five. Yeah, five. And with a five, you go back to a five. I'll say <laughs> yeah. my seven and a half. Sticking with my six. Still okay. on my eight. All right. All right. Let's move, let's move on to the characters. Eight. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I nine. gave it a 10. Nine? Yeah, nine. Mm. I thought the character I gave it a 10 as well. I'm thinking a nine or a 10. Yeah, I'm thinking 10. It's this weird intermingling if, like, other parts of the episode aren't that strong, but the characters are pretty good. I don't know. It feels like it detracts from it a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should move it to a nine. I think that this... Tell me I'm wrong. This episode, I think, if you pay attention to each character individually, this is the culmination of all character development that we've had in season three. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is very much themselves this episode. And I'm not just saying that because everyone's trying to get over on everyone this episode, but like I, I was really like focusing on D's character this episode because since starting this podcast and watching this more in depth, like I'm noticing how manipulative D truly is literally as good of writing as the rest of the gang. And that's, you know, just one character. But I think that all the characters, this episode specifically, um, are the most of themselves. And on top of that, we get the waitress and Cricket in this episode, two for one. So I, I had yeah. to fight off giving a 12 out of 10. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, 10 that. out of 10 for me. I'm with you with the 10 out of 10. Um, I think that, first of all, they rip on D excellent in this episode when she has a, a plan and they're like nope and then dennis has the exact same plan and they're like yep that's amazing i love that part i think that um mac getting lost in his um karate moves and his own grandeur and delusions about that 
that's great. Um, Dennis is the creep that we all know and hate. Um, mm-hmm. Frank is the behind the, the scenes puppeteer. Um, mm-hmm. Charlie, he's, he's manipulating Mac, but Mac's trying to get over on people. Yeah. But like he doesn't realize that he's yeah. being used. And like you said, D is kind of doing her own thing, which I, I love when she, when she is herself, especially awful. And finally, obviously cricket and the waitress, but finally Charlie, his illiteracy is the whole cause for this entire episode. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's yeah. him. So they, they take the writers of this episode took all of the best parts about these characters that I love and put put in, the, in this episode, but it wasn't messy and it wasn't um, unstable. It it worked really well together. You know, it wasn't like um, unequal. Yeah, for everything you said, uh, I would agree. I'm sticking with my nine. I'm not quite going to a ten just because I still think there are some episodes where, while all these characters are definitely themselves, I think there are episodes where they're all themselves and they take it to like the next extreme. Mm-hmm. So like, I think yeah, like while Charlie was still like conniving and plotting he was still illiterate and still kind of like a step behind like yeah he like had something going for him but yet he was fucking mowing down the sedative brownies and stuff and like not understanding that like even once he knew it was sedatives he's like he just kept eating and he's like oh i can handle this mm-hmm. so like yeah i, don't know, I think they're all pretty perfect it's another great gag that's and it's it's a great character <laughs> gag it's a it's a great gag that moves the story forward um uh, yeah i don't know uh what do you think dish of the day character wise I'll move it up to a nine from an eight. Hey, reason will prevail. That's what I'm talking Rain about. Wicker, <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Just mash my forehead into the keyboard. That's the Rococo bang yell. Was, was that the Rococo bang that we just heard? That was the Rococo bang mating call. For <laughs> each other. In Kajinos. Oh man! How did two Rococo bangs find each other in Kujino? <laughs> and then they Rococo bang. Ah, oh, that was bad. Uh, quotes in this episode, not very quote heavy. I, I, same. Yes. Wow, you guys really uh, just wrecked it. Uh, I thought there was a decent <laughs> amount of quotes. Shot it down to shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got, uh, wait, wait. I have an idea. So, have you guys ever played Boggle before? Yeah. Okay, uh, so for those of you who haven't played Boggle, basically you collect all the words and then you cross them out. So the person with the least amount of words starts because most likely everyone has the same ones that the least amount of person got. Well, we should I, do that with the quotes. I've never played a competitive Okay, game. run it. Um, okay, yeah, someone, uh, I gave three, so uh, either me or Dish of the Day. What'd you give it? I gave um, it a five out of ten. I gave it a seven. All right, Dish of the Day, you go for it. What was your favorite one? Okay, so I got too volatile. Max, like, why am I not at the top of this? It's like too volatile. But it's, it's it his response over. to that one. It's his response Bullshit. when he says he goes too volatile and he immediately volatile. goes volatile yeah, with it. Exactly. Yeah, Bullshit. That's some good I delivery. Got, I gave it a once-over. Well, I gave it a once-over. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, when they're all talking about Cricket's legs, they're like, they look so sturdy. He's got hydraulic <laughs> presses in there. Yeah, uh, uh, what does what does um, Dennis Dennis say when he's going up against him? He says, um, "Oh my God, I can't find it." He says, "You can't compete with hydraulics or something." No, is that it? Says, yeah. He's fueled by vengeance and reinforced with space age technology. Yeah. <laughs> space age technology—that's the line. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> and then the fucking guy. What dance is this? And he looks him directly in the eyes and goes, Rococo Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Rococo Bang. 
that white hot white hot cream of an eighth grade boy. Yeah, white hot cream this episode. The whole white hot cream bit. Um, yeah, I basically I, I basically had all of those. Um, when the waitress says to Dennis, she goes, "I trusted you," and his response is, "Why?" why? Yeah. Why? Very telling of Dennis. Very telling of Dennis. He's very self-aware. I have no convictions. That good, good Dennis. That good, terrible Dennis. Good, good Dennis. <laughs> Dennis the menace. An oral hygienist. <laughs> How do you get everyone on a comedy podcast to stop laughing? Uh, yeah, those were all the ones I got were the ones you listed. What did you guys find? For me, um, Charlie, uh, when Max says... Your literacy has screwed us. Your literacy has screwed us again, Charlie. That I love that line. I know that it's kind of like a throwaway, like it's a stunning line, but you know, I it's love classic. It. Cla- it's a classic line. You see how I'm barely smiling, even though you just said that. I do. I'm not looking at you actually anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're cahooting. That's really it. Yeah, you're cahooting. That, that's that a whole good one. that whole bit reminded me of like a that was so Seinfeld esque. Like you're cahooting. Who's cahooting? You're cahooting. I break that one out from time to time. Yeah, like you guys cahooting. But so like normally I've been giving three past few episodes I've been giving like threes and fours for the quotes. This was like the first episode in a while where I'm like I I, I I'm back to average again. There's a few quotes in here that I'm like All right, well that was already a decent amount that you guys listed. Yeah, you guys have, you guys also listed a lot of the stuff that I have bro, I can handle my sedatives. That's a classic yeah. Charlie. I've line. heard you say that one from time <laughs> to time, Donnie. <laughs> I can handle my sedatives. Ha uh, <laughs> uh, Another line that I use all the time that's pretty funny. Um, I'm going to go grind that homeless guy. Uh, <laughs> not actually, obviously. See, but anyway, that's, that's a, a good classic one. line. That is a funny line. Um, and here's where we talk about Shaggy again, right? <laughs> yeah. Bring up the one niche homeless person. That's the, what the I want. That's what, let's get him on here. If you're listening to this and you ever come to Vegas someday, uh, we're going to post a photo of Shaggy on our Instagram page. Just just <laughs> go up to him, give him a high five, or maybe don't because he's dirty. So, you know, just give him a mental high five. I want just a go large... Grind like the homeless guy. Go grind on him. <laughs> I, want, grind on. I want a, just a fan club yeah. for Shaggy. Oh, man. The homeless guy on Las Vegas Boulevard. So yeah, there's those, and then uh, it's like a ballet. How did he remember that after 20 years? He's like, I don't know. It's beautiful. Like, that little conversation is hilarious to me. Yeah. It's like Mac is pretty serious. He's like, I don't know, man, but like that was beautiful. Like <laughs> that was really good. Um, let's see. There's probably some more in here. Uh, you've never seen me wash my testicles, but that doesn't mean I don't do it every Friday. It's a good line. That's every, a good line. One. Every Friday. That's a classic. Shabbos, line, which is already a decent Dude, amount man. to wash your nuts. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Then obviously the cream, there was like a couple Wait, more. Wait, a decent amount? Wait, what? <laughs> obviously a joke. Anyways. Um, here here we answer. How many times is it too much to wash your nuts? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the, oh, there's one more. Fuck, I lost it. Hmm. I don't know. It was here somewhere, but. Whatever. I'm sure it was funny. I'm sure, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was great. And blurt it out. Oh, there's blurt it, it out when we're talking about uh, something else. I'll Don't blurt even it say go ahead. Don't <laughs> even say by all means. Just blurt it the fuck out. You're still talking to me. I thought you were out. That's a classic Dennis line. <laughs> That's just Dennis's narcissism. Yeah, I think we we listed a decent amount. I think three is a little harsh. Uh, my seven might be a little high, but I'm sticking by it. Yeah. All right, I'll give it a four. No, I'm staying with my three. I'm sorry, guys. It's really good physical comedy in this episode. Really great comedy with the. You found- with- 
interactions and the characters. I found like six, seven quotes, which is still only a three for me. Like I okay. said, we've had episodes right. so far where I have Oh, the filled... Q crew, the Q crew. I'm going through a messy divorce. He ain't lying. Yeah, you're going through a messy <laughs> divorce. He ain't lying. <laughs> okay. Everything that okay. Q crew said I could have okay. quoted, but... Screw you guys. I'm going home. I'll go three and a half with it. I'm not going to go to four like Disha today, but I'll, I'll, I'll do three and a half. And uh, yeah, I'll take it. That's it. All right. Moving on to the overall humor. How much did this episode make you laugh? That's all said and done. Five out of ten. Average. Seven. Above average. Yeah, I thought it was average. For for this humor, I gave it a ten. What? Yeah. I was laughing my ass ten. off. What? Yeah. You laughed your ass off? Yes. All the cuts whenever they cut away from the dance contest to like like you know, they cut to like um they would edit to them putting on the keg or they would edit to like no it is funny i just yeah. don't know if it's 10 out of 10 funny correct I, me if i'm wrong donnie before we started this uh adam literally said i don't think i liked this episode i didn't say that. i don't think he said that at I, all i might be I, wrong but when he first got here we both were in agreement that we kind of liked this episode i yeah. might be thinking of like the last recording session Maybe. you're actually making everything up as you go along Braden. well this is the internet you can just say whatever you want with no impunity right you, it's everyone. literally just who do they choose to believe fake sure. news whatever yeah. sure it's all fake news no i like I, there's I, no rules this episode was so funny i was laughing all the time oh, i will agree that i did take away like the story the only reason i gave it a six is like i could have maybe given it a seven but i gave the points to the humor just because when i look at the story i'm more of one like the storyline the multiple stories the crazy twist this that so i kind of gave the some of the story points to the humor mm -hmm. like where you guys said it technically could be story points i just feel like i credit it more towards the humor but it wasn't insanely funny. I don't think it was anywhere near I mean, I'll 10. I'll see how you're 7 out of... I'll see 7 out of 10. Um, like, it, it was... This was a funny episode. Uh, nothing uh, super outstanding. I just think it's very uh, strong in the character interactions and the physical comedy and the, the comedy and the editing. Um, not so much the lines as we discussed. So I'll, I'll meet you there on your 7 out of 10. What'd you guys both give? I don't. I don't remember. I I, I give it a ten for the humor. Oh, like yeah, I that's said, right. I would you give uh, laughing my ass off dish? Rococo Bang. I gave it a five. Okay. Coco Bang gives it a Rococo five. So we got five, some sevens, and uh, ten. We are all over the board as far as uh, responding to this episode's humor. Uh, but that's okay. I don't know. It's still pretty solid episodes. I don't think anyone's like any of us are like really hating on it as much as we've like trashed on other episodes so far oh yeah the only the only problem i had with this episode was the plot like the plot holes that's about it mm. we're I not here to I, fill your holes adam <laughs> but you know i was gonna say i think the reason that you thought that i was shitting on it is because i i initially started off by saying the i didn't like the cold open but then i it grew on me pretty quickly yeah i think last session and then this thing and combined it. Yeah, everything kind of just blends together with it, all the sedatives we've been taking. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we can ha handle my sedatives. We were recording for 36 hours straight, actually, <laughs> in 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 uh, an effort to be as uh, consistent and authentic as possible. Just like the gang danced for 36 hours, we recorded for 36. Braden won't let us leave. <laughs> I have a gun pointed at your testicles. And ah, there's the Inglorious well, Bastards there. reference yes. of the day. All right, let's 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 move on, shall we? Oh yeah, let's cut the brakes and head on over to the. I had to cap my wild card because I think it probably got up somewhere around like forty or fifty, but I gave it a ten out of ten for Mac 
Elbow pumps. Ah, yeah. Ten, ten out of ten elbow ten pumps. Ten elbow pumps. The new go-to dance move. I gave it a two Q cruise out of ten. Okay, Q respect. Crew is two people, and I didn't think the episode was that good. But his dance moves spectacular. Shout out! Shout out to our boys in the in the Q crew, Fat Mike and DJ Squirrely D. <laughs> That's their real life names, right? Yes, that's their real name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not Randy and Jason Sklar. <laughs> it's DJ Squirrely D and Fat Michael. Um, going through a messy divorce. <laughs> he ain't lying. He ain't lying. For the wild card, um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. It, it's like, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was very funny. Um, but there was a lot of like plot hole stuff that like, didn't make sense to me. And like for some reason, I just couldn't get past some of the, the things that didn't make sense. And I, I wanted to give it a 10 out of 10 because I liked the episode a lot, but... Um, just not enough felonies? Not enough felonies. No, there weren't. Not, there, I don't, I don't think, think there were any. Yeah. Maybe, I don't think there were any. Maybe drugging people. That's, uh, a, felony. that's a felony. Rigging a contest be a could be fraud. Rigging the contest so that way they win Rigging their own prize. Racketeering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we previously discussed. Oof. Oof. In, um, a, in another episode that you can go back and listen to everywhere you get <laughs> podcasts. So was that just an 8 out of 10? Or was it eight anything? Oh, oh, I didn't. Oh, it's it's eight cough syrup brownies out of ten. Oh, cough syrup brownies. Okay, okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Is it because there were four on the trash can and Maybe. you thought it was too few? Because Maybe. I went for the exact same one. But you know what? I pulled from that scene instead. If you pay attention to the number that homeless Larry has on his back, he is contestant zero four two, and when you add those digits together, you get six. So I'm giving it a six out of ten for the wild card. Cool. Nice. That's nice. a good one. That's conspiracy level good. Were there actually 42 oh, contestants geez. that we didn't get to see? Or were they just randomly numbered? You know, well, we're going to have to go back and find out now. It's funny you say... I don't think they show all 42, but do we think that they're just like there unseen been, there contestants? Been, yeah, I remember there, there was like an elderly couple at the end of the episode dancing together. Or I'm something. even saying a step further than that. Like, even and, just like literal unseen. Like oh, there was, yeah. They were implying that there was that many contestants. They didn't just well, beat out the four or five people. people. I don't know... I think there were at least 40 in the first few shots. Okay, but I'm so maybe really there bad was, at yeah. estimating numbers. Yeah, it was probably there were close like to 30 or 40. 400 people at that party. <laughs> they were like, dude, there was 12. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it was uh, just me and it was just the two of us. Correction, I said they danced for 36 hours. They danced for 48 hours. So, yeah. That's... Well, we'll be here for another 12 hours recording this podcast, I guess. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been a vigorous dance battle and uh, a battle for the ages it has been. Sorry, dance marathon is what it feels like. Uh, but now we are here at the list of lists. We have dropped the beat and put our scores together. And uh, it's time to answer the question, what did the fans think? What did we think as well of this episode? Let's start out with the fans. IMDB so far has given episode... 8.2. Or you can just interrupt me. Uh, okay. Uh, Dish of the Day is predicting that the score is an 8.2. I think they like this. or they, I think they loved it. Uh, 8.9. I don't know if it's a 9 yet, but 8.9. 8.7. Adam, you're wrong. Donnie, you're wrong. Dish of the Day, you're wrong. <laughs> it uh. did reach 9 uh -oh. with, with 2,500 oh, wow. votes. Uh, this episode got a 9.0, setting it in the top 5. This is a top five for fans. Uh, not tied with anything. Just behind Sweet D's Dating Retarded Person, Mac Bangs Dennis's Mom, Dennis and D Go on Welfare, and Mac is a Serial Killer. But now the moment we've all been waiting for. Where is this episode on our list? The list of lists. Let's find out right now. 
Season 3, Episode 15. Adam, what'd you give this episode? Uh, 7.6 out of 10, I believe, Braden. 7.6. This sets this episode in your top 15. Uh, so it's good, not the best. Uh, this is sandwiched in between Frank sets Sweet D on fire and The Gang Gives Back from Season 2. So uh, pretty good there. Dish of the Day, what'd you give this episode? 5.6. A 5.6. This sets it towards the bottom of your list uh, at number 23 for you. Tied with the Illumina Monster versus Fatty Magoo. What do you think? Like this episode more or less than that? Um, I, think that I think that's a good... I think those are about even. They're pretty even. I, I like those episodes too. Uh, Donnie, what'd you give this episode? Uh, 7.8. A 7.8 from Donaldo sets it in your top 10, Donnie. That's going to be number seven for you. Uh, sandwiched in between the gang gets whacked part two and Charlie goes America all over everyone's ass from season two. So uh, pretty solid. I liked this episode. All right. I liked it the least out of everyone or no, almost the least out of everyone. Dish of the day. I gave it a lower score than me. I give this episode a 6.8. Tying with The Gang Gets Whacked Part 2. Uh, this is number 13 on my list. Uh, what can I say? Pretty good. Oh, not, not a bad episode. But when you put them all together, you can probably hear where this score is about to go. But uh, it's all averaging out to a 7 out of 10 for this episode. This episode is in our top 15 on the list of lists every episode ranked so far. This episode is right below The Gang Finds a Dumpster Baby and The Gang Goes Jihad. We liked this episode a little bit less than those, and we like this episode a little bit more than Mac Bangs Dennis's mom. What do you guys think? Is that fair? Is this, is this top 15 material? This is the top half of the list at this point. I think we got like 30-something-odd entries. I think that's pretty fair. I think The yeah, Gang... I think top 15 is all right. The gang was the gang. I think that's the most important to us. Mm -hmm. uh, well, if you want to see this full list of lists, if you want to see what our favorite episode is, what our least favorite episode is, and everything in between, you can go to solo.to slash rumham and go to our subreddit link. That is our Always Sunny Pod. That's our subreddit. And at the very tip top of our subreddit, we have it pinned, is the list of lists. And uh, coming soon, we're going to be getting a website going so you guys can check out an interactive list of lists and uh, find your favorite episodes, search for it, whatnot, uh, give us direct response so we can read it here on air. More of that coming and more. So go to solo.to slash rumham. Check out our subreddit so you can see the list of lists. Follow us everywhere you're listening to this podcast right now. We appreciate it, you guys. And as always, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love it. Uh, five-star podcast, five-star review, all that good stuff. Um, thank you guys for listening. We are going to be back very shortly. So hit subscribe to get notified when our season three finale is coming out. And we're going through almost the entire list of lists and revising our scores and whatnot. It's going to be a very good time. And then... Just in time for summer, we're going to start season four. So don't go anywhere. Hit subscribe. Hit follow. Solo.to slash rumham is where you can find it all. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. I'll see you guys next week. We'll, uh, we'll all see you guys next week. Or maybe not see us. You'll hear us. You know what I mean. Man.
From Him and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plugin Cool. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plugin Cool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothport, and the Dish of the Day. 